0: The Koy Gig part.
1: As I said before, it's about momentum and gaining fans and gaining the support, and I think the girls have done that. It's another massive step for women's football.
0: Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM, the sports breakfast show from Off the Ball. Oh well, it just came very thick and fast. We'd barely gotten over the hurling, and suddenly we're being thrust into a football final. And now it's done. And now it's done. I it was, was also like, yeah, oh, cool.
2: even when I was down doing the interviews in Kerry and Dublin, and even the hurling as well. Like they were all lamenting the fact that there was only a two week lead into the final. Like you need at least the three, just to feel the buzz, the general vibe, the the rumours that will start to circulate in camps about injuries and whatnot. Like you need that.
1: And then it should be, of course, but they spoke about it in the paper view on Sunday. It should be a national holiday. Well, some Mick O'Keefe was making that point. I was about to bring that up. I think we might have played the clip on the show yesterday about how something needs to happen over the whole weekend and the whole kind of Croke Park area needs to be on fire. Wait and see what Dublin is like when the college football comes, mm-hmm. right? It's going to be incredible. It's going to be this incredible takeover of the city. And they've managed to do that in the space of less than a decade. Like, it's, it's even shorter. And when you think about it, it didn't even exist during COVID, right? Whereas we've had, like, you know, all the way back to uh, 1884, to come up with a plan to make something special happen in, in the city, wherever it's happening, and in the general area. But there's, I don't know, there's just this reluctance. It's like, Asher, ah, sure, it might rain. Mm. Nobody will come out if it rains. And why, you know, uh, I
2: don't know. On a practical level, what do you mean? As in, I suggested the, you know, the flyover and that sort of thing by the Irish Air Corps, but that, I was accused of being militaristic, maybe.
1: You're pro NATO. We well, know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: but cool. what, are, what's, what other sort of things are we talking here? Like, is it just look at the Super Bowl
0: and see what they do and, and do that? But well, didn't, Devin, Dennis Walsh made that piece yesterday in the um, Times saying that the Kilmacud Sevens doesn't go on anymore, and that's a big part of the weekend.
1: Does it not go on?
0: Well, it wasn't on the, this weekend. Are we sure? That's because it's, it's a Kilmer it's now, apparently. Hey, the
1: extra hey, hey! Well, you set him up and Shane knocks him out of the park. You know? That was very nice. But it doesn't feel like a festival of Gaelic football. and didn't really feel like a festival of hurling the week before. So I couldn't tell from what Mick was saying that the Sevens was happening and nobody knew about it because people weren't making a weekend of it anymore. And look, I do accept that a lot of people were coming up and going back down on the same day because, frankly, it's ridiculously expensive. And so you can't just do this. But I, I don't know, like... Uh, music outside uh, arrive early so uh, 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 on the way I was like oh they're playing the Stunning very loud Um, Mm -hmm. but actually the Stunning were in the stadium playing Mm -hmm. which I didn't know about and the Merry Wallopers for the Hurlers apparently it was the Merry Wallopers Mm -hmm. again um, no I was there relatively early I saw both of the Jubilee teams being presented although I couldn't actually hear because for whatever reason the sound in the Cusick is nowhere near as good as the sound in the Hogan Right? you couldn't actually I couldn't hear the speeches I couldn't hear Larry going now now (laughs) when the crowd were booing uh, David Goff so I don't know I just think that like there's it'll be it'll be interesting to see the City Council managed to put on a brilliant homecoming for the team so obviously they're capable of doing stuff um, and it'll be interesting to see what they do on Thursday for the the women's football on O'Connell Street and what kind of a crowd shows up for that I'm
2: GA fans are creatures of habit like I can't imagine Dublin and Kerry fans are fans of counties that are used to being in finals you know, all, all of a sudden, you know, oh, we have music actually an hour before I throw in, in this venue. Like, they're going to be in the same pub that they've been in for 40 years for finals.
1: Yeah, maybe. But, like, there are also, there, you can bring the families, which is the start of it. And that'll attract people to see what's going on. So, like, I don't know. Is, it a, is there a skills competition on the pitch beforehand for, like, at 2 o'clock for the 3.30 throw-in? Because the teams are coming out from 2.45. And I don't know. Also, like, could there be music outside, around the vicinity? Mm. Could there be better food trucks close to the ground as opposed to like the, oh, here's a bit of salmonella burger for you? Like, you know, good quality (laughs) stuff maybe? Or or do we not want the quality? Are we like, we're suspicious. I'm sorry. It has the sauce on it. I'm not eating it. I think, yeah, we do have to be more outside the box.
0: We have to be more outside the box in terms of how we deliver this as a product rather than just a game. I don't think we should necessarily look over to America just because... Mm you know, they can mythologize absolutely anything. Like, so Super Bowl is only a 60s invention and it seems to have been carved into Plymouth Rock the way they go on about it. Uh, it takes a long time for those things to bed in. I know when they had the, the performer, who was it, that did the song before the Champions League final in that disastrous Stade de France game and she was really annoyed because no one was listening to her. It, we, it takes a while for that to become quote-unquote tradition so we need to look at something that maybe is a little bit more out of the box. And maybe that is the merry wallopers and it was just that the weather wasn't good enough on Sunday. Or maybe it is something along those lines. But I think getting an instant fix, we're probably, you know... we Bale yeah. was that singer. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was not happy. But, you know, football fans aren't there for a performance and a four-hour kind of spectacle. We don't have a, half, a half-time show where you, they quickly set up a
2: stage on the Crook Park pitch mm. I'd pop U2 or I
1: don't know the script I don't know. who's but, big these days with the kids uh, uh, like you know I, I do I do I, I, I think it's interesting that um, the BBC managed to add a little bit of stardust mm. straight away like first year what are we going to do bit of stardust we've thought about this yeah. yeah here's a slightly tangential no like but like all very gettable people anyway
0: you yeah. know would the minor final being on the same day help
1: no, I'd no. I'd, I'd, so I, I'm I think there, I think the move to remove the or the minor final uh, being the most important thing of all time is, is a good move generally because as since, you know, 17 year olds 16 year olds mm. but um, you know like uh, you could definitely put Joe McDonough before it now the atmosphere was really good for the Dublin Kerry game because everybody there was there to see Dublin and Kerry and I don't know if there was 10,000 tickets gone for Talton yeah or yeah or um, John McDonough in the hurling Mm. would that would that change I don't think it would like it it, it was very clear that this wasn't the festival that the hurling final was where all of hurling comes together to watch the hurling this was Dublin Mm. this was Dublin GA and Kerry GA and nobody else Mm. like you can all watch at home lads and maybe that's what it should be but I don't know I don't know yeah uh, Brian says they should bring back the minor final the same day as the I don't know there should Look, be some uh, game on before do we need music to get fans to go really Ask Grim, what we no I'm just saying something good like it doesn't have to be I don't know but you know bigger brains than ours could think about this for a while and come up with some plans and have here's a program like I would like a, a the three point the slam dunk contest equivalent for hurling and football I don't know what it is but like I'm sure that we could come up with some stuff you know Mm. Yeah, how, I don't know what the equivalent is because you, you get people in basketball matches
2: doing the whole layup, three pointer, uh, half court shot, that sort of thing. But, like, do people care about that? I, I think Irish people are just built differently. We're immune to bullshit. And I, I feel like that sort of thing. Sometimes people are like, ah, the state of this. We
1: won't even stay no, on for not like It's bullshit like, having, you know, yeah. having crack isn't bullshit No it's like, not but it, Having something organised for families isn't bullshit Forced crack is bullshit though But It doesn't have to be, it have to be shit mm. It doesn't have to be actually crap That's the thing mm. Like it could be good But we can't do anything It might not be good Somebody might criticise us Oh no I'm terrified of trying something <laughs> Oh Jesus Well, they're tr- Let's say let's button down repress for all our lives Somebody might not like this
2: they're always trying the wrong thing like they, they moved to the feck and no, that's so, before the the no that's match, so like
0: always trying the wrong thing <laughs> the Homer Simpson uh, line the, the moral is never try you yeah know? just never try yeah
2: never change things um, and, and then the point machine Shane and the pity there's no singing or chance in the pubs beforehand all you have is come on you boys in blue or Kerry clap 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 yeah and we've had that discussion before the, the lack of chance mm.
0: Anywho, yeah.
1: let's move on. Yes, yeah. Were you, were you at the celebrations, Shane, last night? <laughs> were
2: you? I, I I passed very near to the celebrations. Right, and, and what was it like? I yeah. diverted and uh, could hear the bagpipes and, the, and different things uh, emanating from Smithfield Square. The the waves or the sails on Smithfield Square lit up in blue. Sounded like great crack, I have to say. And there was a lot of Dublin jerseys in the pubs and spilling out in the general Smithfield area. Um, big of presence, big security presence. Uh, but, oh, that sounded like a crack. I didn't bother keeping the head down but um yeah I think for Dublin people to have that massive long two year drought over obviously the emotion has just poured out of them um so, yeah, I like fair play to them. I think they they, they is, enjoyed this one. Is your bitterness increasing or decreasing? Ah, Decreasing. Monaghan are now, like, surely... Like, we might probably move up to third in the rankings because the, Oh, the power rankings are coming up a bit later. Yeah, they lost to the, the eventual winners.
1: Should have done up. I'll do a coming up now, and then you can tell me about how, how you're less bitter. Yeah. So, Sean O'Sullivan's going to give us the uh, Kerry view at 8 o'clock. We're going to go to Australia to talk to Cathy McNamee about the bitter fallout from the Republic of Ireland's exit at the World Cup. Lindsay Davies going to preview... The, uh, look back at the women's football semi-finals for us. Our power rankings with Tommy from nine. And we'll play it out with uh, Boylan O'Sullivan, who said that David Clifford is the footballer of the year. Nailed on. No questions asked. Um, but he's not, he's not hes not the betting favourite. The players get to vote for this, though. So there's a good chance that maybe... I don't know. I tend to agree that David Clifford... What he, like, he is the footballer of the year, isn't he? Well, like. I, d- I don't know.
2: I think that, like, coming down the stretch... Do you know? Mm. Are you double? you're a man who's always often given out about double points for finals. And oh no, times?
1: I'm I'm all in favour of double points for finals. Oh, right, right, okay. Oh, I'm uh, like the footballer of the year. The year that Donohue came off the bench in the semi-final <laughs> and was man of the match in the final was Kieran Donohue. Like mm. he didn't get it. They didn't even they didn't even nominate him. But uh, oh, you you do it in all a final when everything like it it's absolutely double points for a final. Then what's the point? Like that's just the point is that it's like. The two best teams finally coming up against each other. If it's footballer of the year. That's, yeah, but the, the year. Footballer of the fortnight would
0: be a different award. But even so, I think we're probably blinkered by his flashes of brilliance sometimes. that, like, He didn't play all that well in that quarterfinal against Tyrone, save for that moment where he kept the ball in from going out on the side spectacularly. Mm. Other than that, he wasn't that remarkable. So I don't think it's quite him. I think probably Brian Fenton or I think James McCarthy maybe
1: be honest. Well, look, M- McCarthy definitely... He's going to win it like McCarthy, yeah. I, I think Fitzsimons has a case. Mm. Um, but, anywho, we'll, we'll talk about that a little later
2: on, I suppose. Can someone answer this question for me? And PWGC has asked the same question. Can someone f- explain how and why Dublin fans get to fill out the hill every time? Do they just buy the tickets first or do they get first dibs in the tickets as it's a home
1: game? Uh, it's a home game, we all know that.
2: Well, yeah. it's definitely a home game. But, like, I, I was hearing rumours before the semi-final that Monaghan fans had in their droves, got the early link and bought tickets for the hill. And I was thinking... Fan, Dublin fans aren't going to like this. Like, modern fans have taken over the hill. Then you get to the match. That's Dublin majority. And you're like, well, like yeah, what man. happened here? Like, Home advantage counts. Well, how does, uh, how do they get the tickets first? Sure, like, the tickets go on sale at the same time for everyone because it's apparently a neutral venue. So
1: uh, how did do they,
2: Dublin fans get the hill? I
1: don't know. I Actually, I don't know. We should maybe someone, ask someone some let questions. Us know, yeah That's a good question. Maybe we could do some journalism on it and We find could. Out we, we, the, will, we, we will. will. Yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> we could ask official people to tell us officially what the process is mm. and, uh, and how the makeup of it is decided. Because it is, definitely. Like, there's a brilliant lyrical description of it by Paul Galvin during the football pod talking about looking up and the hands are like shoals of fish. And, uh, and you know, there are definitely moments in the game where all of a sudden, come on, you boys in blue, starts to ring out and you're like, oh, you're, you're suddenly jolted out of the moment of the game. Mm, yeah. So, it's, it, 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 I mean, uh, it clearly has an impact. Oh. That was, that was what Jack O'Connor said he said the
0: turning point was scoring into the hill for Paddy Small yeah <laughs> yeah,
1: that was an on goal wasn't it uh, that not an on goal well if
0: his original shot was on target
2: which was it, it on
1: target uh, it was very close I don't close. think it was
2: it was very Is it going close. over I think it was going low was it I, don't, I don't know I haven't seen still haven't uh, you have to give it to Paddy Small to be fair yeah in fairness it was a heroic attempted block by Paul Murphy but um, yeah probably inadvertently led to the goal Um. I look, there's a few of the Kerry lads I'd say be looking back at some of the moments. Gary, Gavin White in particular.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, on Saturday's show, I said that the Gavin White, Paddy Small was the only no-brainer. I thought that Gavin White would have Paddy Small in his pocket all day in terms of matchups. So I'd like to apologise to Paddy Small <laughs> mm. um, off the
1: back of that. Um, I thought the Kerry defence was sensational. I think Kerry are going to have a long, dark winter of the soul where they are wondering how the hell did they manage to lose that game and look it is really interesting the the celebrations the outpouring of pure joy from the dubs and the conversations that they've been having about whether or not this is the end Um, Desi says they didn't use the the last dance uh, motif as a thing because it it can be a bit inauthentic but certainly a lot of the players were talking about this probably is the last dance for a lot of people so Mm. um, you know for some of them that, that motivation was there I thought Fenton's interview I don't know when he was talking, he was talking yesterday at some point and um they were all loose yesterday. They were all just like yeah. totally they've been on the piss for at least twenty four hours. The the points were literally in the post match press conference and I don't think they'd stopped. So when they were chatting yesterday they were like, Yeah, yeah uh Fenton saying that he did it for Desi. Obviously his family and he did it for Desi and he did it for James McCarthy. They were his motivations. But he brought up unprompted the COVID breach, the training breach People saying Desi should step aside, us getting relegated, and, and them questioning Desi, and I don't know that whole kind of that whole narrative that was like, oh, he's not this, Desi Farrell deserves unbelievable credit for getting everybody back, for bringing Pacquiao Roy in, for retreating to the background to a point where okay, I'm I'm fully aware of everything that's happening here, mm. and then getting them all to perform at the level they performed. Like Mannion came back and was man of the match, McCaffrey came back, and uh, Fenton goes. Uh, Everybody's scared of Jack McCaffrey. The only other player in Ireland who anybody is scared of like that might be Clifford. But every time McCaffrey gets the ball, the opposition is terrified. And Mm. he's right. Because he's so quick, yeah. That's the kind of analysis that everybody was doing in the pub afterwards. Like, oh he's everybody's scared of McCaffrey out there. And Fenton's like, everybody's scared of McCaffrey. It's like... You know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think, They're honest.
2: Um, yeah, open and honest. Yeah. I saw Clarkson and a few of the lads were in the boar's head early enough yesterday having their few pints and Sam Maguire was with them. The one thing I would say, and of course made a similar point on the, the Sunday game, was that I think we in the media and generally people in the pubs, those conversations as well, retire players ourselves. It's like, oh, they've reached this age. It's a, it's a bit of ageism here. Like We assume a player of a certain vintage or age is... is automatically going to hang up the boots after a season like this the same suggestion was made to Conor McManus and another player, any player in their mid-30s at the moment like some of these players mightn't be having this thought in their head whatsoever and then they're reading in the papers oh wonder will they hang up their boots and all these column inches that are being covered with by, by it so I think it's something we need to be very careful with I think in in Irish sporting circles is I guess what in a news line is this player going to keep playing but look, sometimes it's not even in the player's head to yeah
1: retire. I I think though that like James McCarthy brought it up well, no. he yeah, unprompted. Uh, to be yeah. fair, him and Dean Rock did, yeah, yeah. brilliant. Dean Rock uh, post match interview with Ashling O'Reilly, where again he was just completely relaxed, uh, talking about this is going to be the best fortnight of his life. He's off to Marbella this week for a uh, bit of golf, and then he's coming back and he's getting married. So it's like, yeah, score the last point in the game. My last kick ever is like the the insurance point to beat Kerry <laughs> in an All Ireland final into the hill. Uh, and then I was like looking back at Dean Rock's career. His record's unbelievable. Mm. He played 68 successive league and championship matches. Right? Jesus. Started or played? Started, play, started. Started. started right? Sorry. Started. Jesus. From the time that you get into the team, he played 68 successive games. I'm like, oh my god. That's uh. So you know, you kind of forget that this generational player is um is cycling out of the the system at the moment. So, mm. um. He was just relieved talking to Ashley because he didn't have to change his wedding plans. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. Jesus. The replay. The replay would have scotched the wedding. Yeah. The pressure on that. Um, here's the point. Andy Jennings says they should put on a weekend event similar to the Stony Batter Festival, close off few streets and in from crowded traffic, install outdoor seating outside boozers, have quality food stalls and live music. That's exactly it. Mm. That's exactly what we're talking. About. No corporate bullshit. No. No invented. Oh, we're here to have fun. Now, hey, ho, ho, hey. None of that bollocks, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, let a let a local organisation like the Stony Batter Festival take it over and go, here, we're going to support you with funding and we're going to give you guaranteed space that's safe for people to come and you can do all sorts of cool community things ah, yeah. that are not based around like a glitzy, uh, as you say, corporate wankology. Yeah, I even
2: to get the likes of if being in a Heron and these cobblestone ones out to play a bit of music on the streets um, and I love the you know, the comic cons and the autograph conventions that that they do, where you get to meet your actors and they're all sitting around at a table and you pay a ten or whatever to get a signature. Like the GA obviously of course an amateur sport. But you could have Barney Rock sitting there, you could have Pat Spillane sitting there, you could have Bronnie sitting like one from each county and there's thirty two owl lads sitting around. And even owl lads would, would flock to meet them and talk to them about their memories going up in the nostalgia and get a wee signature or a programme from the 74 All Ireland final signed they by them. Have
1: phones now, Shane. People take photographs.
2: Well, they do, yeah. Of course, I'm old school. But autographs and selfies. Do you know? And mm-hmm. maybe yeah. maybe you charge a fiver and the money goes to a, a worthy cause or something. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know.
1: Charity of their choice. Yeah. So that that's something I'd get involved in. We should talk about the row between Vera Powell and Katie McCabe. Uh, it's all over the front and the back papers, back pages of the papers. Mm. Uh, front of the Irish Times is the picture of McCabe coming over to her and asking for. Uh, substitution to be made (laughs) Uh, Pau obviously tells everybody afterwards that it was Sinead Farrelly that McCabe wanted subbed off and then um, McCabe apparently makes the the change on the the pitch anyway Mm. herself so I don't like is is this a massive massive deal or is this like just the type of stuff that happens in teams all the time yeah it's the time honour tradition of a player and a manager fighting
0: at a World Cup for Ireland, uh, and other places,
1: yeah. Like,
2: but it was made a big deal by Katie McCabe putting up the the emoji like on social media. I think that that probably heightens it a bit. Thousands and thousands of likes and retweets or whatever you want to call it, like that probably stoked the fires a little bit. And I noticed it during the game, I, I was actually while I was watching the match on here yesterday, I noticed after that 65-70 minutes, McCabe was shouting something over. I was trying to lip read what she was saying, but she was clearly not happy with the sideline.
1: And there was a couple of decisions that she wanted amended. So I don't know. Uh, it's obviously not a great look that it comes out, right? Or, or, or does it matter that it comes out? Are we all too precious about like the manager saying, yeah, she wanted a change. I, I said no. Like, is that not like the type of thing that happens in a relatively uh, straightforward environment where people are free to express an opinion, mm. but the person whose job it is to make the decision makes the decision having taken on board the feedback? Well, but yeah, I think I've heard what you yeah. said. I've decided no. But they've
0: escalated it because they've taken it beyond the pitch and kept talking about it. I'm sure Sinead Farley's like, geez, Vera, thank you so much for dragging me into this. this well, brilliant.
1: Uh, why would she be blaming Vera? It was Katie McCabe who wanted her subbed off. Yeah, but why name the player? Well, it's Katie McCabe because McCabe was like, oh, I want rid of her. And like, so what What did she want? Like, I mean, it's actually Katie McCabe who was asking for Sinead Farley to come off. Mm. I mean yeah. Why would Sinead Farley be pissed off with Vera Pow?
0: Because she brought her up in the press conference yeah, and case she's, case she's case dragged into right of her. Yeah, but it would have stayed on the pitch. We wouldn't have, you know, it's better to be silent and be thought fool than to speak and have everyone know. You know? I think being dragged into that can't help. It doesn't really help the morale of what seems to be a pretty touchy
1: atmosphere anyway yeah and so is Katie McCabe right to name the individual like I want her off or is like we need to make a change get some fresh legs on well until but, like Vera her, says her it, over there she's well, the one I Vera, want gone
0: <laughs> until Vera says it it's all hearsay and it's like well the, the rumour is it, yeah. it's Sinead Farrelly um, I don't know I for think someone to come out and say yeah it's her that wanted it off especially given maybe Shade, yeah. Shade, Shade, Sinead Farrelly's
1: profile as a player who's was sort of parachuted in late on in the day yeah, that, I mean that's so. Why did Katie McCabe want her? Why did she single single her out? And and was Vera Powell correct that she was actually doing really well? So here's the thing: What if Katie McCabe was actually completely wrong? Right? Mm. What if she was right? I don't know. Is the thing, mm. but like it's uh, insurrection either way, isn't it? Well, is it insurrection? Well, well when you're, you're when you're the captain of the team and the, the game is going well or badly, are you not supposed to be giving feedback? to the manager
2: yeah it can be suggested in a certain way can't it you can run over to the manager have a little whispered conversation um, no wild gesticulation or shouting at back and forth was there Was there wasn't much like really but like but it was but it was more it was public it was more public than a little casual whisper that, that could certainly happen between a, a manager and a captain um, and, and just the whole fallout and the little emojis online and Denise O'Sullivan talking about distraction as well in her tweet she just threw that word in as well as she was thanking the fans um, like it just feels a little bit easy for these players to now in the last fifteen twenty minutes of the last group game to mm-hmm. then decide, okay, now we're gonna we're gonna say something, get their I'm lips gonna, in I'm gonna, yeah, and get this in there because the cause the fallout from this like Vera mightn't be in charge anymore. I'm gonna get this, I'm gonna get this in right now. I, I like I'm gonna show my my public, I guess, displeasure with some of her decisions on pitch and whatever else. So like. like so it, you think this was calculated by McCabe well, if, if to throw was, Vera Power under the bus? If it was done, if it was done in the last fifteen twenty minutes of the first game, I'd be like, okay, well, Katie McCabe clearly has a an issue here. Let's sort it out. But it it, it feels like okay the, the World Cup is about to end. We can't get through anyway. We're drawing the match against Nigeria. Sinead Farley's not playing that badly. Let's be honest. So why why you bring this up now as a, as a major issue and why you get involved by putting up a, 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 a silence emoji on on Twitter? which you know before you press publish is going to stoke the flames even further I and it's going to cause headlines.
0: Like, I think she miscalculated the effect of that. I thought she, I think she thought she'd have much more support on her side because it's her personality, uh, Katie McCabe. She's not a shrinking violet at all. Um, there's even a Twitter account called Did Katie McCabe Get a Yellow Card? which everybody I know follows. So she's known for being this feisty character and I think it that sort of plays into it. That's fair enough. But I think yeah. it's backfired tremendously because it looks a bit petulant and silly and I understand Katie wanted to give her point of view as well
2: like uh, she she has every right to but just in, in, a, in, a, in a certain way maybe that is less public at a World Cup it might be better and also look Vera Pau there are, were all the allegations against Vera Pau none of us know the, the veracity or, or otherwise of those she does deny them all she does yes, deny them of course, course. but the, the 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 fact is like the team are flying home this evening they have their homecoming. At the very least, she probably, and this point was made in the last couple of days, deserves to be part of the, like, this is the first Irish team to go to a Women's World Cup. Like, she deserves to be part of those celebrations. Well, and whatever happens contract-wise after yeah, that. Yeah,
1: are there are there any football reasons why Vera Pau shouldn't be given a new contract? I don't think so.
0: I think we're doing the best for what we have. I'd like to see someone come in and be... More creative in terms of how they utilise it. The, the it's attacks. Going, it's, it's going to be Tom Elms. Like he, he is, he
2: is going to be the next manager when Veer leaves. You'd imagine that. That seems to be the suggestion. Is it? Okay. That, that, well, that, that's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing from reports that the players love him. There's a bit of continuity there. That uh, obviously going into the Northern Ireland game and all the rest. That there, that would be the, I guess, the next name on the list. Um. So I guess, stylistically, from Vera Powell, that's not much. Change if it is Tom. So he's he's the assistant coach, he's the assistant to Vera at the moment. So like, uh, look, I don't know what the odds are on the next on the next manager, but but certainly the the gauge is that he will be the next coach after Vera Power, um, which 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 would suggest that they do want continuity, they do want the same style of play
1: to to continue forward, and it's worked, it's got them to a World Cup. Uh, but yeah, I you know, I just I wouldn't assume that the assistant manager always does exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no you, fair. You can, yeah. you can always come in and have your own. Uh, stamp and things so I, I I I, wasn't I hadn't heard that yeah I think it was maybe the Irish independent that read it in possibly okay uh, but
2: certainly there have been reports that Tom Elms is the is the favourite candidate um, popular with the players that sort of thing so I mean, if the if the players have a say in this, certainly Tom Elms' name will be in the mix. You'd imagine. Yeah,
1: that that is interesting. You know, uh, it'll make for uh, an interesting podium on Thursday. Like she absolutely not alone deserves to be, but this, this it's a great achievement to get to the World Cup, and we played well. I I actually thought we were more ambitious uh, on the field than we have been at various stages, and we've been relatively unlucky against superior teams mm. uh, and we, we don't we don't score a whole heap of goals so look I don't know I don't know I don't know what everybody expected um,
0: No and I think a lot of the people who have been complaining maybe about Vera Pau's tactics are watching this team for the first time at this World Cup and well, have really
1: appreciated Karen Duggan has been com- complaining about Sure it on Koi Gig mm. and uh, now in the Irish Times as well mm. uh, for a long period of time and obviously he knows exactly what she's talking about Absolutely But let's wait and see you know like let's wait and see if the new manager comes in and suddenly we're playing with uh, Katie and Denise behind a, a striker and it, everybody else. You know they're given that we're playing with two tens or two eights. Let's let's wait and see exactly what what comes next because I don't know. I think um, to me it doesn't look like there's huge footballing reasons why you wouldn't be given. Uh, yeah,
2: drew it in Nigeria yesterday. You know, and Nigeria of course probably brought off their star striker with maybe twenty twenty five minutes left. They knew that the Australia game was going a certain way. They already had progression guaranteed. But still, clean sheet in the World Cup for Ireland. First point in the World Cup for Ireland. There are massive positives out of yesterday's game for sure. Denise O'Sullivan was eventually moved in this World Cup to her favourite position of number 10. So um, there's so much to be proud of. It's obviously disappointing from our perspective that we
1: lost to Canada in the way we did, I think, particularly. Yeah, and look, I don't know. I guess I'm wondering is it that big a deal that the captain says something and the manager says, She said that, I said no? Like maybe that's all that's happened here. Do you know? now because she tweeted afterwards this is definitely a much bigger story Yeah, yeah. but maybe you're, have, for you. maybe you're supposed and to have maybe you're supposed to have you have more issue with the tweet than the actual in-game conversation yeah the like. in-game thing like largely like well, she's tired you know I don't know mm. anyway uh, we should very briefly talk about Ben Healy who was man of the match for Scotland at the weekend mm. uh, Scotland have started their World Cup warm a week ahead of us they're already ahead of us <laughs> they're coming for us the they are coming for us though yeah like Final game, yeah. We we are going to be their version of the ceiling Ducks, and hopefully we smash them the way Kerry smashed Tyrone. But I don't know. I'm kind of worried.
0: Um, I Ben Healy was really, 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 really good against Italy. I was very impressed. Um, his crossfield kick for the opening try for Darcy Graham was on a sixpence.
1: Was it a strong Scotland team? Strong enough.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of starters in there. A mix of kind of players on the periphery but mostly starters and it was a pretty strong Italian team so it wasn't a kind of walk over uh, let's let's ease into this warm up Um, it was really really excellent quality much more than I was expecting but Ben Healy was really really good and he's going to get a lot of game time at this World Cup I just have a feeling that the way our pool is set up you've got South Africa, us and Scotland, obviously, I think Tonga are going to be the chaos factor in there in terms of how many players from the other three respective teams come out the other side without any scrapes. Uh, I feel there's going to be quite a few injuries from those across all the teams that are taking on Tonga, just the way they have set up and the quality of their back line. And I feel like Ben Healy will be he'll be on the bench at the very least for our final game Against Scotland on October, he doesn't 9th, start, I believe. He doesn't start, does he? Like, is there any universe now in which he challenges Finn Russell? Not if no, not if Finn Russell
1: no. fit, no. But uh, uh, could Finn Russell have a fallout with the coach? Finn <laughs> Russell <laughs> could knows? have a fallout with the coach. Yeah, you know, although he will be on home turf uh, for a large portions of it, so you would expect maybe all those discomforts. Yeah. yeah. OTB
0: AM, the sports breakfast show from Off the Ball.